0: Looks like we might just have a Speaker of the House, Jim Jordan, looking as though he may have the votes. Not a done deal yet, but it could be by 12 noon tomorrow. Listen to it. The way
1: the founders intended is you, uh, you have the vote tomorrow. Um, we've set it for 12 o'clock, and um, I feel real good about it. Well, you have more than one ballot if you don't get to 217 on the okay. first? We're going to elect the Speaker tomorrow. That's, that's, uh, that's what I think is going to happen.
0: Okay, so maybe a Speaker of the House by noon tomorrow. We're going to talk all about that. Plus, we get to talk about. This new warning from Christopher Wray at the FBI. There's concern about potential attacks here in the U.S., which makes all the sense in the world, given what is going on internationally and considering that we haven't been watching our border for a couple of years, right? New numbers I get to share with you on the border that will make you very alarmed, including two people that they have found that have come in just in the last two weeks that were known to be on the terror watch list, What is going on? And Donald Trump, Donald Trump getting another muzzle, gag order. Judge doesn't want him talking. Doesn't want him running, really, let's be pretty honest about it. And Harvard University, I'll tell you, you know what? They're in for a rude awakening there. Claudine Gay, who oddly I went to high school with. She was a senior, I believe, when I was a freshman. Anyway, she's now the president of Harvard University. And this woman has just done One wrong thing after another. (laughs) The greatest thing to see, money talks. I'll tell you, her job's on the line right now, as it should be, because everybody's pulling their money out. And when I say everybody, I'm talking about some of the most wealthy people in America, billionaires that are like, sorry, Harvard, we're done. Wealthiest guy in Israel. He's like, sorry, Claudine Gay, I'm done. I think she's going to be done. Welcome to the show, everyone. Portions of the program are brought to you by Legacy Precious Metals. LegacyPMInvestments.com is their website. One eight six six five eight nine zero five six zero. Check them out. Give them a ring if you're interested in investing in gold or silver today. I mean, obviously, with everything going on in the world, I think people are getting a little bit more into, shall we say, diversification these days. Also, Charles Thorngren, our good friend. Sometimes you see him in the chat. This is a live show, by the way. He may be on the program this week. I do believe he's coming on this Wednesday. So stay tuned for all of that. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say on everything. But first to the news of Jim Jordan looking like he's gotten he's getting the gig. You you know, this was this was my pick. I mean, full disclosure, I don't always come out with a pick, but my feeling was we really needed somebody who was tough, who was super smart, and by the way, had a little background in economics. And when I say a little, it's because, you know, nobody has a background in economics there in the House. And what do you think gets us into all this trouble where we're spending way more than we can possibly ever afford? How do we have $33 trillion in debt? Well, because nobody in Congress can do math. Or they only do math that works for them. So Jim Jordan looking like he might get the actual gig. Here's the entire somebody. I want to play it for you. CNN caught up with him there in the halls of Congress. And he said, look, it's happening. We expect this to go to the floor. We don't, he, It may be a few rounds. You know, I mean, that's what happened with McC. My- Carthy, what? Fifteen rounds? Anyway, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But here he is speaking with reporters just earlier this afternoon.
1: Uh, Ann Wagner and, and Mike Rogers uh, publicly saying they would support us. Uh, two great members uh, who do all kinds of great work. Um, so that was uh, that was that was really really big. So I feel I feel real good about the momentum we have, and I think we're, we're real close. So. The vote's going to be tomorrow. Do you, do you st- uh, will you go to the floor even if you don't have 270 votes locked tomorrow. On. That's, only, that's how our system, our great system works, um, and we will go to the floor tomorrow. Um, it's not about pressuring anybody, it's just about we got to have a speaker. You can open the house and do the work of the American people and help our dearest and closest friend, Israel, if you don't have a speaker. So we get the speaker, we we get the house open, and we get to work on uh, the resolution and, and supplemental for for israel um and we get back to work for the american people and that's what i'm committed to doing and i think it's going to happen tomorrow because you had said before you want to have 217 first well i i do think that's that's ideal but uh, as one of my colleagues in the room i don't know if, if there's any way to ever get that in the room mm-hmm. i would love that but i think the only way to do this is the way the founders intended is you uh you have the vote tomorrow um we've set it for 12 o'clock mm-hmm. and um I feel real good about it. Well, you have more than one ballot if you don't get to 217 on the okay, first. We're going to elect the speaker tomorrow. That's that's uh, that's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> we got to come together. We we have to unify. We have to come together.
0: Okay, so you heard him right there. He said we are going to elect a speaker tomorrow. He doesn't think he's going to get all the votes in the room. Don't forget, he's got to get to 217. You get 221 Republicans. You get 212 Dems there. So that means, you know, basically, you can only allow yourself, what, four defections in a way. One big thing that came through today, that would be Mike Rogers from Alabama, said that he would support him. Also, he got Ann Wagner, Ken Colbert all on board out of uh, California. But uh, there, there is a holdout. There is a holdout in Florida. I want to share with you some sound from John Rutherford a congressman there in Florida who just can't quite get there yet.
2: Okay, where I'm at right now is I'm, uh, um, since the folks that want to follow the majority, which is the rule, we should follow the majority. Kevin McCarthy had 96%. Uh, 4% took him out, joining with the Democrats, now we're in conference where the Democrats don't get the vote, and I'm back with Kevin McCarthy, uh, since he, out of all of the folks that have thrown their hat in the ring, he is head and shoulders above the rest in in the majority that he's able to put together. It was 96 percent.
3: And you're a no on Jordan
2: on the floor right now. I, I'm a no on allowing Matt Gates in the in the other seven to win by putting their individual in as speaker. Okay, okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. Uh, Ann okay. Wagner and,
2: so, and Mike Rogers. So, you know,
0: the, the problem with that here is that at some point, as Jim Jordan said, you know what, you got to move on. You need a speaker. Let's all kind of just try and figure this one out. And for everybody to kind of dig in their heels and they all, the, all their personal vendettas and, you know, this one doesn't like that one because of this or that or this one doesn't like Matt Gates and Matt Gates started this. I'm sorry, but, like, at some point we just need to move on. And moving on is not going back to McCarthy, okay? Let's, like, be very, very clear on that. The, 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 the train has left the station. It's not going back to McCarthy. I do think it's going to be Jim Jordan. I think they're going to pull it together. I think it's going to happen tomorrow at 12 noon. By the way, be here I will be here with you at 12 noon as those votes come in. We'll see how long, how long a day it is. Hopefully it won't take 15 rounds. But I'll tell you, we do need this. We do need this right now because the world is in a very, very treacherous place. I want to share with you, I want to share with you what Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, had to say. He's actually worried about Hamas-style attacks here in the U.S. And, uh, well, of course, why wouldn't you be? Given that, who the heck knows who's in this country, ladies and gentlemen? The border's been wide open for two years plus. By the way, this is what Donald Trump campaigned on, remember? And now we've learned that Hamas, allegedly with Iran's help, according to some sources, including, by the way, a fantastic report in the Wall Street Journal, had two years to work on this. So two years with a wide open border, right? Here's Christopher Ray today. Watch.
2: In
4: this. Heightened environment, there's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially for lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. So I'd encourage you to stay vigilant because, as the first line of defense protecting our communities, you're often the first to see the signs that someone may be mobilizing to violence. I'd also ask you to continue sharing any intelligence or observations you may have. And on our end, we're committed to doing the same so that together we can safeguard our communities.
0: Yeah, you think, you think. I'm glad someone's talking about this now because we've been living with this wide open border. And apparently it was just too prejudiced of anybody to say, hey, maybe you ought to close it up. And after all, you know, the libs, they had bigger fish to fry. They had to go after all those people that voted for Donald Trump. All those MAGA deplorables that needed to get deprogrammed, right? Remember, this is Hillary Clinton literally just days ago, like within hours of that attack, heinous, horrific, barbaric terror attack in Israel. Hillary Clinton's going on about all those Trump people needing to be deprogrammed. This didn't age well now, did it?
5: Go to We're back now with okay, more of Christiane Amanpour's exclusive sit-down this down this interview so with Hillary Clinton and her outlook on a potential
0: rematch between Donald Trump and President... Christiane let's go to the meaty part, here we go.
3: ...and climate change and the economy and taxes, but there wasn't this little tale of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a, Formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. And how do you do that? Because you said you have to defeat them by defeating their leader, their leader right. is Donald Trump.
0: <sighs> so that's not a joke. Like she's not laughing. Nor is Christian Amonpore. She's not laughing either. They think the biggest threat to America, or at least Hillary Clinton does, is in fact these these MAGA people, you know, half the country that voted for Donald Trump. I'm sorry. But we got we bigger things going on, and we've all been saying this right from the start, and yet it's been ignored. It's been ignored because somehow systemic racism and not allowing enough people into the country over that border and not being accepting of the trans community enough, these are the things that have been motivating, shall we say, the likes of the libs, the ultra libs, and it's all backfiring. You know, it's crazy to think, it's crazy to think that in London right now, just to paint the worldwide picture of how crazy the world's gotten, you think about the violence in Israel and and now more than 1,400 dead, and and we're going to talk about that. But in London, over the weekend, they had all these protests. While simultaneously the Labour Party, that would be the lefties in London, introduced a new a new rule. They, they want to make it a crime to misgender somebody. So if you call somebody who wants to be a her, a him, you could go to jail for two years. And yet, it is perfectly, absolutely fine to call for total genocide of Israelis. I mean, you tell me if that logic makes any sense. Here are these people. Of course, London is very, very heavily Muslim. I mean, you look at different population centers and there are upwards of 10 or 20 percent Muslim there in the UK. But here they are marching, talking about free Palestine. I mean, this is like having some kind of giant white supremacy movement, right, after a George Floyd incident. I mean, and actually you can't even compare the two because it's so much worse. So much worse. What happened? I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, but look at London. They're shouting free Palestine, right? Hundreds of thousands of them in the street. Meanwhile, in France, similar type of thing. Here they are shouting in French. of course they were doing the same thing in new york city by the way i should point out that in france a teacher was stabbed to death in an act of terror meanwhile we're just getting news in right now in belgium you have two swedish people that were stabbed in what the government there is also calling an act of terror forgive me not stabbed shot so this is this is a problem and yet you know what you got the likes of Claudine Gay at Harvard University out there kind of just, well, I, I can't say the word. Well, can I say this? Pussyfooting around the whole ordeal, right? Like, you know, she, she's she got her students with their, their protesting mo- movement, the letter that they came out with, which was really, frankly, just pretty disgusting, blaming, blaming, blaming the rape, the murder, The decapitations, the burning people alive, blaming that on Israel itself. These are the students at Harvard. Well, you know what? The donors to Harvard, thank goodness, are speaking up and they're not having any part of it. Here is one major donor Uh, you're looking at there on the screen. Ophar, Uh, he's uh, actually the richest man in Israel and he's pulling his money, as is his wife out out of the Kennedy School of Government that they were donating to because they were on the board of. Good for them. And then there's Leslie Wexer, a very, very famous billionaire, and his wife, Abigail. The Lexer Foundation is just furious, and they are breaking off their ties with Harvard University, the famed Hedge fund manager Bill Ackman, who runs Pershing Square, he's pulling his money out of Harvard. I mean, people are like, sorry, no can do. This is not going to work. And yet Claudine Gay, Claudine Gay, uh, by the way, John Huntsman, I should I should point that one out too. John Huntsman, the Huntsman family, a very, very wealthy family. Um, you may remember Abby, Abby Huntsman. She uh, was on Fox with me. They're pulling their money, they're like okay, no more donations because this Claudine Gay who I went to high school with just doesn't have a clue. Let's listen to the clueless Claudine Gay, now president of Harvard University, speaking about how they just have to accept all sides. Let me tell you, this
3: woman is just a mealy mouth milk toast nothing. Watch our university embraces a commitment to free expression. That commitment extends even to views that many of us find objectionable, even outrageous. We do not punish or sanction people for expressing such views, but that is a far cry for endorsing them. It's in the exercise of our freedom to speak that we reveal our characters. And we reveal the character of our institution. We can issue public pronouncements declaring the rightness of our own points of view and vilify those who disagree. Or we can choose to talk and to listen with care and humility. To seek deeper understanding and to meet one another with compassion. We can inflame. And all- okay, I, I just got to stop her because
0: we, we, we got to like jump in and say something here. Some of you saying in the live chat that Harvard should lose its public funding. It absolutely should. Just think about this. Your taxpayer dollars, ladies and gentlemen, are going to this. Now, do you think this was the reaction after the George Floyd thing? I mean, it's, 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 let's just compare and contrast. If one even can for just one moment. I mean, you can't, right? Because 1,400 innocent people are dead in Israel. Hundreds of people have been taken hostage They're now in Gaza awaiting a very bad fate. There is no comparison, but let's just think about how Harvard reacted after the whole George Floyd thing or any of these universities, right? It was all about Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Now, if you can't see that the the lack of sensitivity over what just happened in Israel while they simultaneously were willing to just Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, that was the only... That was the only game in town, right, after George Floyd. I mean, this then is is kind of the equivalent of having some kind of white supremacy rally after George Floyd. Where is your sensitivity, Chip Claudine? Let me tell you, yeah, she did go to high school with me. I don't remember her at all, literally, not at all. But she was a senior, I guess, when I was a freshman. And so I did a little research. Apparently, she grew up in Saudi Arabia. So she grew up in Saudi Arabia and went to some fancy-schmancy schools, including this boarding school, which is a wonderful, wonderful school, where they actually did encourage, back when they encouraged, you know, you can't do it nowadays, they encouraged freedom of speech, or did, I should say. So in essence, the idea that, yes, is is quite good, and you know me, I'm all about the First Amendment, but let me just tell you, I don't think she is, and I don't think Harvard is. And I think if people were issuing statements such as the one that we saw from 30 different Harvard groups after the whole thing in Israel, after that horrible, barbaric terror attack, then you know what? That would be a problem. That would absolutely be a problem. But when the tables are turned, oh, it doesn't matter because there's something else going on here. Think about it. It's, oh, well, well, you're oppressed. You know, if you're black or brown, you are oppressed. And we need to do everything we can to help you. And it must be the white person, or in this case, the Israelis, that are oppressing you. And that is the situation. We'll listen to the rest of her for the sake of her argument. She gets about a minute 45 here. So let's listen to what else Ms. Claudine Gay has to say from Harvard University. Gosh, I miss Larry Summers.
3: Already volatile situation on our campus or we can focus our attention where it belongs, on the unfolding tragedy thousands of miles away. We can ask ourselves how, as human beings, we can be helpful to people who are desperately trying to protect themselves and their families, people who are fighting to survive. How we go forward as a community is up to each of us. I've spent most of my career at this institution. I have seen the people of Harvard come together despite their differences. I know that we are capable of meeting this moment and meeting one another with grace. Wow. So
0: is that how Harvard would have been? Like, you know, when when six million Jews were being slaughtered by Hitler, I mean, I. I guess, you know, if you actually think about it, some of those institutions were indeed very racist and very anti-Semitic way back then. And they certainly sound very anti-Semitic way back now. In the here and now, look at what's going on there over at UPenn and Mark Rowan, who runs Apollo, another billionaire, big donor, is telling Scott Bach, hey, buddy, you're out. This is the head of the Board of Trustees because the Board of Trustees, Scott Bach, who's an investment banker at Greenhill, he was trying to Kind of say, hey, you know, Mark, are you okay? Because we're going to have this like Palestinian literature night. This was actually days before this whole thing happened. I'll tell you, look, these universities have a problem. And I have said this from the beginning. They have their heads up there. You know what? They think the world is some kind of panacea. They don't understand what's in the charter of Hamas to kill Israel. Israel. And to kill all Israelis and to kill Jews. You know, Joan Rivers got it. I'll tell you, Claudine ought to have taken a few lessons from Joan. So should the Biden administration and, and, and Obama. And, and we'll get to that in a second because these people were really just naive fools. But here's Joan. <laughs> she was not in any way, shape or form naive. This woman got it. She got it. Celebrity reactions to what's going on with the Palestinians and Israelis right now.
6: Let me just tell you, if New Jersey were firing rockets into New York, we would wipe them out. I am so bored. We heard they were digging tunnels from New Jersey to New York. We would get rid of Jersey. So I don't want to hear anymore. Oh. We will do a partial truce. The Palestinians, you cannot throw rockets and expect people not to defend themselves. What about the civilian casualty rate? Civilian, though? then don't put your goddamn things in private homes. I'm sorry, don't don't you dare put weapon stashes in, in, in private homes and then we say get out. Of, of course, we're going to do it. The
1: response normally is, where, the, where are the civilians supposed to go?
6: I don't care. They started it. It You're all insane. They started it. What are you all saying? They started it. The Israelis did not throw their... For months this has been going on. How do you resolve What are you it? supposed to how do, do? How do you resolve How do I know? Because I have been over there. That's how I know. And I wish the world would know. And BBC should be ashamed of themselves. And CNN should be ashamed of themselves. And everybody, stop it already. You know, like uh, Dwight Howard tweeted, "Free Palestine took it back. Selena Gomez tweeted uh, a pro-Gaza. Oh, no. Selena yeah, Gomez. Just... Oh, yeah, that college grad. <laughs> well, like All right, Joan, thank you. John,
0: thank oh, you. So well, much. I don't know, maybe Selena went to Harvard. <laughs> look, Joan said it so beautifully. But you know, what's happening now, if you look at the news feeds, and you're going to continue to see this, and this is why I have to keep reminding you of these atrocities, and, and we'll keep playing Joan Rivers because she's right. They started this. And Israel needs to deal with it, and they need to root Hamas out. They need to get rid of Hamas. It is tragic that Hamas uses children uses innocent civilians to kind of be their shields. But that is what they do, folks, okay? That's just the reality of who this terror organization truly is. And so Israel doesn't have a whole lot of choices here. They have already given the warning. They are encouraging all the civilians to get out. Some 600,000 are trying to make their way to another place. But guess what? No one in the Arab world wants them. Nope, nobody wants them. Well, Egypt briefly, like, you know, because Blinken was over there trying to work some deal with Egypt, like, would you take them? And they briefly opened a passage. And well, what do you know? Hamas wouldn't let them through. Hmm? Because Hamas wants this. Hamas backed by Iran, always backed by Iran. It's its biggest source of funding, Iran. So the people don't really have anywhere to go. I'm just waiting for Rashida leave to say, let's take them here to the United States of America. Let's bring them all in. Well, I'm wondering if, they, if they're already kind of maybe already here. Because you see, <laughs> there's a new report out today on our border. And I'll go to NBC News here that is talking about this, in fact, saying that, uh, well, the number of people on the terror watch list – stopped at the southern U.S. border has risen significantly. And they talk about in the fiscal year 2023. They want you to think it's like so far all this year. No, no, no. Let me tell you, the fiscal year 2023 for the government started on October 1st. So we're two weeks in. Two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Think about what happened before this fiscal year. So two weeks in, October 1st, we have 160 migrants whose identities match those on the list that have been stopped trying to cross the U.S.-Mexican border compared to 100 in 2022, the number of people that are on the terror watch list. So you have 160 on the terror watch list that are being stopped. Wow. Wow. And you look down at the breakdown on the numbers in the last two weeks, you got more than 30 Iranians, you get nearly 60 Syrians, you get 35 Pakistanis, 285 from Afghanistan and more than 2000 from China. So in other words, these are not people that are coming up from Mexico. I mean, well, there are people that are coming from Mexico, of course. But when you create such a porous border situation, such as the one that we have right now, you expose yourself to tremendous tremendous vulnerabilities, and let's be very clear, Joan Rivers was right. They are trying to attack us. They're trying to attack Israel, for sure. They don't like us. You see, there's, there's, no, there's no easy solution to any of this. Not when you have a religion that is rooted in hate. Not when you have a religion that believes that it can convert by the sword. You know, in, in Christianity, it's all about goodness and trying to to live up to Christ's standard. It's all about wanting to be part of that religion. Judaism as well. So the Judeo-Christian system is one that has afforded us tremendous opportunity, freedoms, prosperity. That is not what happens in the Muslim religion. And we don't need to make this a whole big thing on the Muslim religion, but I'll tell you, one conversation with Dr. Zudi Jasser And you'll get it. Phenomenal. He's actually like a real doctor, a medical doctor. But he used to come on my show all the time back at Fox because he's Islamic, he's Muslim, and he keeps saying, you know, we got to change this religion. And He has a whole reform for that religion that he's very passionate about because there are sections of the Quran that get badly interpreted, and that needs to change. But until that does, what do you do? When you have these religious zealots and you have people in Iran, the mullahs, that are using it for their own advantage, their own political advantage, frankly. They don't want to get put out of power. And so they, you know, they, they, they sell something. They're selling something to the people, and that something is hate. It's a whole lot of hate. And for some reason, we got a whole group of Americans here, like this, you know, Harvard lady, that think that we have to somehow take all that in and be the victim like it's our fault. What do you think reparations are about? In California, where they want to give out $5 million to every single person that can prove that they were, I don't even know if you have to prove it. You were a descendant of slaves. They're talking about putting this on the census right now. They want to know if you're a descendant of slave. They want to give $5 million plus free healthcare for life and forgiveness of all debt because they've been oppressed. They've been oppressed by my, my Irish ancestors that came here with the potato famine. Like, sorry, we didn't have anything to do with that. But the fact that they're judging every single one of us by the color of our skin, that's all that matters now. And so if you really like take this BLM nonsense forward. It could actually put us in a very dangerous spot because this is the rhetoric, the thinking, the thought process, the tribalism, if you would, of those that stand with the terror organization Hamas. And sadly, a lot of people do. A whole lot of people in a whole lot of prestigious places. Don't send your kids to Harvard, ladies and gentlemen we got a lot of naivete out there. Did John Kerry go to Harvard? He probably did. Very well-educated guy. Again, super naive. Here he was when Trump was president. He was out there meeting with the Iranians, right? Because somehow they just all think that, like, they can solve this. Sorry, guys. It's not going to be solved, okay? It's not going to be solved when you have a group of people that wish death to Israel and death to America, and death to the infidel, right? When it's like their way or the highway, the only way, that's not ever going to be a two-state solution. And we have an administration that's so naive that it would give out $6 billion. Think of that, $6 billion days before Iran reportedly greenlit this attack. That ought to make you mad. Makes me mad. It makes me mad. And a lot of people are saying, well, look, why didn't this happen during the Trump era? I have some thoughts on that, some interesting thoughts I'll share with you. But first, let's hear from him himself, Donald Trump, speaking at a rally there in Iowa. He thinks he knows why. why?
4: I choked off the money to corrupt Palestinian organizations and stood with Israel like no president in history, recognizing the eternal capital opening up the American Embassy in Jerusalem, and recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. That was a big deal. And with the historic Abraham Accords, we had peace in the Middle East. Can you believe that? We had peace until this character came along. He doesn't know what he was doing. His name was Crooked Joe Biden. And under Biden, it's danger, death, and destruction all over the world. That's what it's been. It's been a disaster. Whether it's the borders, whether it's uh, the Middle East, whether it's Ukraine, whether everything is, everything is broken. The whole world is broken. A great
0: gentleman. Yeah, the whole world is broken. It's like one thing after another. First of all, the exit out of Afghanistan where we left behind all that equipment. All that equipment, which according to reports, the IDF says, Israeli Defense Forces says, is now in the hands of Hamas. Well, that was great right? And look at what they did. Look at what they did to the people. We now have reports of more than 1,400 people dead in Israel. They raped women to the point where they were bleeding and paraded them around with their bloody crotches through the streets. They killed babies. They burned people alive and Harvard University says we got to hear all sides. I mean, is that what they did in the '30s? Is that you got to hear all sides? It's okay for for Hitler to exterminate people? Wow. I mean, it's really sick stuff. Listen, um, I, I do want to give you an update because I uh, on the bottom of my screen, I didn't even realize this. We were actually putting up the number. If if you want to help Israel, I have some. Some little bit of good news. I talked to you guys on Friday or Thursday, I believe. And just from talking about this and all of us being here, I'll, I'll put the phone number, by the way, and the link in our chat. You guys did such an enormous, enormous job of uh, the outpouring. It was really, really incredible. I I, I clearly have a very generous, generous group Of viewers, and that makes me proud and happy. And and, you know, because I'm sitting here and I want to do something to help. I know you want to do something to help. And guys, you know what? I got word from, I got word from the charity organization this morning. I'm putting again the it's the um, International Foundation of Christians and Jews. I got word that thanks to your generosity this weekend, we were able to deliver more than a thousand meals, hot meals to the people in these communities, in these kibbutzes that were most affected. And it's very special. We were able to, again, this is thanks to you. This is all you. Every dollar you give goes straight to the people there in this emergency fund. We were able to provide children, a lot of little children, with some coloring books and some toys and trinkets, just something. And I, I don't think I've, I've ever been quite so proud. I mean, I, I was just really, really thrilled. So I'm asking you again for your generosity. I'm making sure I put the right phone number in here: one eight hundred two four eight 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 one. This is the international. Ah, uh, I can't type clearly. I'm looking at my typing as I try and talk and get my eyes all filled with tears, 8881, one 248 8881 for the International um, uh, Foundation of, of Christians and Jews, and just, just wonderful what they're doing right now. As I said, every dollar that you give goes straight to the people. It's an emergency fund. It's moving quickly. So thanks to you, we provided more than a thousand meals, hot meals over the weekend. And that just makes me incredibly proud. And I'm, I'm very grateful to all of you. Thank you, Leslie. You know, it, uh, I'm putting your, your comment up there. I think that worked. I'm still kind of new to some of this, but, um, Leslie saying that giving to them made my heart slightly lighter. And you know what? That's, that's the truth. It, it makes you just feel a little bit, a little bit better. Uh, Don's giving me some advice to delete the wrong, I put the wrong number up first because I think I did one. It's 1-800 there. I'm going to do that. Thank you, Don. Um, of course I, I can't quite, (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure entirely how to do that. So you know what, instead I'll just add this one. Maybe we can add this one to the broadcast. There we go. 1-800-248-8881. And again, um, you know, please, feel free to to go to this link, which I'm adding in there too. Ducky saying he's going to call after this show. That's great. Okay. Again, I just, I, I was, I was blown away, blown away by your generosity. And it just made me, it made me feel really good this morning. And it was actually the first thing I said to my kids this morning. I said, you know what is as horrible as all this is, I, I, you know, mommy's job, it's worth it. if If we can somehow collectively together, right. Help help some of these people and it doesn't take away any of the pain or any of the horror, but it's nice to know that maybe we can do a little bit, as Leslie said, just a little bit. It makes you feel a little bit better, but you know, look, they need us. And in the coming days, they're going to continue to need us because this is going to get worse. And I suspect I suspect that you're going to see a lot of headlines that are generated from a whole bunch of people that went to Harvard and think like all the people at Harvard or UPenn or, you know, the kids at my alma mater, Columbia. Again, it's just disgusting. They had another march on their campus. Ugh. You know, Columbia at least I think had, had, had struck a, a little bit of a different tone than Harvard did in terms of the management there. But I'll, I'll just say that, you know, whatever they're doing to brainwash and indoctrinate kids right now, this is actually kind of dangerous. And so what you're going to see in the news cycle, because all these people, you know, they go from Columbia into Harvard and they go into the news business and they have a, a way of thinking, you're going to see a lot more of what you saw at Harvard. For example, like that joint statement where they said, we, the undersigned student organizations, hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible for the unfolding violence. You sick, sick, sick group of pathetic people. That's all. I I mean, you are just, hey, First Amendment, great. But time and place, guys, time and place. All right? First of all, you're just pathetically deranged And immoral if you think that rape and violence and executions and burning people alive is the way to go, okay? Like, that just means you're messed up, seriously messed up. But what we're going to see is a whole lot in the media more of, oh, you know, the poor Palestinians, the poor Palestinians, you know, they don't deserve this, da, 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 you know, the drill, right? How that's all going to go. We've already seen some examples of it already, for sure. I mean, it, it, from the from the ADL, Anti-Defamation League, you saw Greenblatt on the other day having to call out the MSNBC copywriters to their face because they've got these kids that are writing the copy that the anchor, by the way, nothing's written here, but, you know, I don't even write it. I mean, I... I kind of know where I'm going to go and I have things I want to show you, but nothing's scripted here for me. I, I refuse to do that. But that's what happens in mainstream media. You know, they script it all and, and so consequently you get um well that, you know uh, people saying
3: repeatedly you know things like this just how densely the residents there. The Palestinian doesn't have nothing name, to do with the if you're watching Hamas. on TV like, um you know, I want basically to play for you though, also with our, our colleague Brad Sanchez. You know
0: how bad when they started be
3: going into for Palestinians. one of the kibbutzes, one of the houses of in the kibbutz today, what they've
0: Okay, we're found. Amen but you also the has a lot to to say. We'll fast forward reports that
5: are coming out now that journalists are able to get into some of these areas on the outskirts, and these towns have just been absolutely uh, horrifying sixty percent of which is under the age of nineteen um, trapped the videos that are starting to emerge on social media sites as well as the accounts that are being provided by other uh, journalists that are there on the ground inside Gaza. Yeah, is absolutely one of sheer devastation and destruction. Uh, I've been speaking to journalists who have been living in Gaza for years and have covered many of the conflicts that I've covered as well, going all the way back to Operation Cast Lead, Okay, the first so war, you see, back this is
3: what we're going to get. Congressman, there's a lot of misinformation on, uh, going around as well, but uh, Secretary Blinken described...
0: We're going to fast
6: forward. And I
3: know that there's a lot the of Congress. information mm-hmm. not getting to the people of Gaza because uh, they have been under... Hamas rule now for some 30 years. So that is clearly true, but just to point out that the U.S. is at least urging Israel. Okay, she takes
0: forever. We're gonna get straight to the congressman.
5: Situation where there is a war uh, or a military response, of course, everybody wants to minimize uh, civilian casualties. You would hope there are none. Uh, but the realities of war, obviously, are uh, that it's inevitable, unfortunately. Uh, and so you certainly try to minimize that. But I think, uh, and to be clear, um, regardless of whether or not uh, you want to say uh, there's no evidence of beheadings, you're talking about innocent babies, innocent children being slaughtered for one purpose, because they're Jewish. Uh, this is the worst massacre of Jewish people since the Holocaust. And I think... We need to be very clear about this, uh, why this is happening, uh, and uh, what the resp- response should be. It cannot happen. It cannot happen.
3: Oh, I'm, and I'm not, <laughs> by
2: no means. And so, enough.
0: lady, just don't try and justify it, okay? By the way, if you haven't subscribed, I always forget to say that. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to this show. I try to leave the button up there, so so hopefully you remember, if you're just joining us right now, we've been talking about... The Speaker of the House, it's expected to be Jim Jordan. We expect that that news will come tomorrow at 12 noon. We've been talking about just the insane reaction of people trying to justify what Hamas, a terror group, a barbaric terror group that wants to, seeks to, in its charter, kill all Jews, what they did and is somehow, like, in some cases, actually welcomed. There was a Cornell professor. Oh, my goodness. This one's in the New York Post. Let me pull this up for you. Russell Rickford, he's a a history professor there at Cornell University, and this one is just unbelievable. I mean, where is this coming from? How can people be so disgusting, so brutal? But He's actually calling this exhilarating, this story coming to us right now in the New York Post. Um, Unbelievable and really, you know, just speaks volumes, I think, about some of these quote-unquote nutty professors. In fact, that is the title in the New York Post right now. Ivy League history professor calls Hamas terror attack, quote, exhilarating and exciting. A Cornell professor told students that Hamas— His terror attack on Israel that left more than 1,400 dead was exhilarating and energizing. Russell Rickford apparently made these comments. He's an associate professor at Cornell, another Ivy League school, and he posted them online Sunday by a student. They got posted online Sunday by a student who called them shameful. Good for that student. Good for that student. You know, uh, what is wrong with them, really? Really? But it, it tells you so much. This is the same crowd that wants us to, to accept the whole trans community full on to the point where our daughters can get kicked out of the swimming lane by the biologically born man that wants to race against our daughters. How messed up is that? I mean, th- these are the same people, you guys, all right? So let's just understand where they're coming from. And how screwed up they are. Well, enough is enough. And actually, this is why I'm encouraged to see so many wealthy people that have very deep pockets and a lot of power at these institutions say, you know what? You've gone too far. You have jumped the shark. And it's not allowed. It's not cool. Yes, you can have your freedom of speech. But let's try to be a little bit more tasteful about it. And let's not condone mass murder, okay? Not okay. You know, as we were saying, like, how is it that somehow things were better under Donald Trump? I mean, he said, it's been like, it's like Calamity Jane or Calamity Joe, right? Since Joe Biden's come into town. That's true. But there's something else going on. And I think it has to do with the fact that Donald Trump kept the entire world off kilter in a very interesting way. I don't know as it could have lasted forever, but it worked very effectively for the time he was in office. And that was because all of these international players, like they they didn't know what to think. They'd never seen anything like this before. You know, Lindsey Graham, is out there right now saying, you know, we need to show Iran. We mean business. And people are like, oh, you know, Lindsey's calling for war. What a warmonger. It's not that simple. I think part of the thing is, part of the thing is, is that nobody believes Lindsey Graham. But if Donald Trump says something like that, they're like, you know, he he just may mean it. You think about when we took out Soleimani, who was Iran's big terrorist, and Iran started threatening us, and what did? Donald Trump do? I'll share this with you because it's actually, to do it justice, I I, I have to read it. He made a statement that was quite something. He made the statement while on board Air Force One. So it was in January of 2020 that we took out Soleimani and Iran threatened a retaliation. Well, Donald Trump got on Air Force One and spoke to reporters and said, and I quote, he sounds like Joan Rivers. (laughs) He's mad because, you see, at the time, he was told you to be very careful what you bombed and you couldn't bomb any religious Iranian heritage sites. And he said, quote, they're allowed to torture and maim our people. They're allowed to use roadside bombs and blow up our people. And we're not allowed to touch their cultural sites It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Ta-da! So that's unusual, right, for a U.S. president to say. Like, it's just very, very, you you might expect it from Joan Rivers, but you wouldn't expect it from the president of the United States. So already the whole world's like, woo totally like this this guy isn't playing by the same set of rules. And then you think about even uh, some of the things he said, well, to Kim Jong-un. This was great. Remember, we used to call him Little Rocket Man because he kept firing all those rockets. And so he got the nickname Little Rocket Man. He kind of made fun of him. And then all of a sudden, he started to turn because I think he realized, you know, maybe I just need to bring my enemies close. This is like so different, right, than anything anybody in the State Department had ever seen. And in fact, if you were to really analyze it, and I think back to those classes at Columbia University on international relations, this is what you would call... Real politics, right? He's assuming that these are rational players on the other side. You can't really assume Iran's rational or Hamas is rational entirely. But, you know, people don't want to get themselves blown up. He did say about Kim Jong-un, Why would Kim Jong-un insult me by calling me old when I would never call him short and fat? (laughs) Oh, well, I try so hard to be his friend. And maybe someday that will happen. This was a tweet that went out in 2017, um, really, really quite, quite something, right? Because everybody's like, oh my gosh, what did he just do? What did he just do? He's trying to make friends with Kim Jong-un. And then there was another tweet that came a couple months later. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the, quote, nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I, too, have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger and more powerful than his. And my button works! Exclamation point. So, I mean, this had never been done before. Really. This, is, this is totally new. Nobody talked like that. And certainly nobody would have been willing to go over to North Korea and sit down with Kim Jong-un. And yet, I suspect that in a weird way, like the people that maybe he feared the most or he thought could be the most threatening, he was trying to bring in a little bit. What he understood was that Kim Jong-un was living in his father's shadow and, yes, was short and fat and really wanted nothing more than to be recognized on the world stage as a more powerful player. The photo op to Kim Jong-un meant everything in the world. Of having himself next to the US president. So somehow Trump like got that it was all instinct. Like he wasn't sitting around like reading up on North Korean history. He wasn't like talking to all his deputies or Bolton for that matter. Bolton would have said, like, no way, do not do that. But I think that he just kind of had this instinct and said, All right, like I'm gonna I'm gonna try and contain this by managing this. Now, would that have worked forever? Not necessarily, but it certainly worked to the extent that it kept everyone in the world totally off kilter. They're like, he's really crazy. They thought he was totally crazy. Like he's out there calling out China and he's sanctioning them. And they're like, what? And so that paid off in interesting ways. And I, I say this only because here Joe Biden is, handed the Iranians $6 billion. $6 billion. And days later... They greenlit, reportedly, a report, I believe, by the way, but they greenlit that heinous, barbaric animal attack on Israel. So that was one big giant F you, shall we say, to the White House and to Joe Biden by the Iranians. Now, what would have happened if that had been Trump? He was definitely not somebody who ever wanted to be engaged in conflict. I've had conversations with him, interviewed him many times. He never wanted that, but it was sort of like, wait a second, you come after me, I'm coming back with everything I've got, and then some. And so I think the Iranians would have been frightened to have done something like this. I think a lot of players that are now acting up Putin, another example. Could that have been contained? I I see that one as a kind of a failure of diplomacy, shall we say. A failure to really properly warn and also calm down Putin who thought that NATO was out to get him. So there were some things that have been done that have been highly mismanaged by Joe Biden and his administration. But I will tell you this. You know what? All politics aside for one minute here, guys, I appreciate that he's standing with Israel right now. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do when you've got the squad and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and all these people trying to sway you in a different direction. It's not easy when all the students at Harvard and Columbia and UPenn and all their university presidents are somehow on the side of Rashida Tlaib and the terrorists. These people, Rashida included, have been brainwashed she's hanging a palestinian flag outside her office right now and she's not willing to admit how heinous this is how barbaric how awful this terror attack is just that there's you know this this reminds me of that remember when trump said oh you know there's there's a blame on all sides or something and he came under fire for that i mean this that's what they're trying to say in some way shape or form and it's not acceptable it really really isn't meanwhile donald trump speaking of the guy uh he's actually facing some new challenges in terms of his ability to communicate with people because i should point out that the judge in his case this would be uh in one of his many cases like it's it's kind of hard to keep track of him after a while. do you agree right like it's like which, which, which one is this but in this particular one it's about um his uh his voting and, and, you know, his allegations of voter fraud, et cetera. I want to make sure I read this to you. It just came out today. The judge there in that case is putting a gag order on Trump and not allowing him to speak. Now, one of the reasons that's kind of a problem is because, gosh, I I saw something else. that just came out from Hamas and I'm going to share that with you, but it's, it's tough. Um, but anyway, one of the reasons why he's saying that's not fair is because while well, he's running for office, and if he can't actually articulate his view on this, that, and the other, then that is a form of election interference. We've also just learned um the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was forced into a bomb shelter in Israel during a Hamas rocket attack. This is bad. This is bad. And it's gonna to continue to be bad. Um this is uh According to an NBC affiliate out of Corpus Christi, Texas, U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu were forced to seek shelter in a bunker after rocket sirens went off in Tel Aviv on Monday, according to the State Department spokesperson, Matthew Miller. So as I said, this is going to be bad and it's going to be long. But Hamas has just released the first reported video of their Israeli hostage one of them they have hundreds and this is this is awful and this is what they do okay so this is just remember this when you see those people like Rashida trying to stand up and justify this remember what they are doing to the innocent Victims in Israel. I'll put this number up again. 1-800-248-8881. 1-800-248-8881. We will put the link in the show notes. And look... it's going to it's gonna be bad. You're going to see. I read the AP reports today. The AP reports are all about how awful this is for Palestine, the refugees, the refugees. What are we going to do? These poor people. There are some that actually think we ought to bring them here because, you know, that'll go over real well. And like I said, we've already got plenty of them here. Apparently, all of those people since October 1st that are on the terror watch list, really, that are trying to come into this country. I mean, guys... We've got to be vigilant. We've got to be strong right now. And we've got, to, um, we've got to be smart. And it means locking down the borders and thinking about who our friends are and who our enemies are, okay? Because we got some serious enemies out there and you shouldn't delude yourself like too many of these academic liberals have done in the past into thinking otherwise. If you delude yourself like that, then well, you're facing a lot of risks, a lot of risks. You know, I I want to go out to some of your comments. I, I, I agree, Captain Lurk, we do not need them here. And this is something that I think you're going to see bipartisan support for. I think back to Syria and when ISIS was under attack in the caliphate. And of course, you know, everything was imploding in Syria. And there was a chance for America to bring Syrians here. And we did bring some, but you had a lot of places. My, my home state where I was born and raised, I grew up in New Hampshire, where there was a Democrat senator, Jean Shaheen. She's like, no way. And the Democrat governor, Maggie Hassan, was like, no way. Not happening. They're not coming to New Hampshire. Of course, the tricky thing is once they're in the country, right, they can kind of go anywhere. And so you've got to be vigilant really, really vigilant about all of that. You can't have them come here, but you know where they can go and where they should go is to the place that sponsored all this, to the place that led them to this, and that would be Iran. And Iran should take them in. There's really no other place because Jordan doesn't want them and Egypt doesn't want them. You heard Kissinger the other day. Oh, my goodness, he's really up there in age. But Kissinger, our former Secretary of State, saying... You know, it was a mistake, a huge mistake for Germany and some of these other places to bring in all those Syrians and to bring in all these people from just seriously different cultures and backgrounds. It doesn't work, right? Like They are not meshing. And until you actually fix the religion and until you fix Hamas, you're going to have a problem. I mean, how is it that after World War II, we're able to have wonderful relationships with Japan and Germany? Well, for one thing, you don't have a bunch of mullahs in the way, right? So everybody was kind of on the same course to economic destiny. And the, the, the complete sort of wrong turn for the Obama administration and, and for others was to think that somehow they could get Iran there too. No, well, they can't. Because Iran's not, you know, the, it, it does the mullahs no good to actually have a successful, economically successful Iran. It's just like when you give the 200 and some odd million dollars to to Hamas, to Palestine, to Palestine, or the Palestine Authority there, as Joe Biden did, and you think, okay, it's going to help the people. It doesn't help the people. It doesn't help the people. It just grows more terror. And these people are... are born into a kind of hate. If you look at textbooks in the Palestinian schools, they don't even recognize Israel on the map. They hate Israel, but don't kid yourself. They hate us too. We got to be careful, got to be cautious in a time like this, right? We don't want any Iraq war scenarios where, you know, you've got any red herrings out there. Don't forget George Bush had the whole world behind him after nine eleven. He had every right to go into Afghanistan and to take out al-Qaeda. The problem was he was diverted into Iraq, and that got long and messy and was really messed up with some bad intelligence along the way. So we don't want that. We don't need that. Israel doesn't need that. But Israel does need to finish the job with Hamas. And shame on Hamas for using these innocent people there in Gaza and these innocent hostages, including Americans that they have taken as weapon shields. It's really wrong. Anyway, um, again, great to see all of you here. No, Ducky, they've never liked us. Certainly not. I don't think that Joe Biden, Stevie, has any kind of solution. Money is not the solution in this case. Six billion, all that did was get him the giant FU. I mean, and I'm like... Have you guys not frozen the money, or, or better yet, taken it back? They, they claim that they've frozen it. See, I've seen different conflicting reports on that one. I want you to see, here is Anthony Blinken in Israel with the NBC News anchor saying that we can freeze the money anytime we want. So, like, why haven't you? Watch.
5: Is that what you, is that what you have technically done now by... Stopping distribution from that account. Uh, As I said, there has been no distribution of the accounts. It wasn't a question of stopping it. There hasn't been any. Um, And we retain the right to formally freeze
3: it.
0: Yeah. okay. so go ahead and do that, would you? Would you just go ahead and formally freeze it? I think that would make everyone feel a whole lot better, a whole lot better indeed. Gosh, I just, I mean, I feel like it's, you feel like the world's just gone completely insane. Ever since Joe Biden came into office again, I don't want to totally attack him right now because I, I'm at least pleased that he's defending Israel. But wow, I mean, come on. And then his son, we haven't, we haven't got to that story, guys. That's coming up tomorrow, but I do want to say that the good news here is that House Republicans are rallying behind Jim Jordan. It looks like we're going to have a new Speaker of the House, and we need that right now, and we need to kind of have our you-know-what together right now. We really do. I mean, I'm looking at this report that's also crossing, (laughs) and it's, it's unbelievable. Biden's Health and Human Services... Division is imposing gender identity pronoun mandates on all employees. (laughs) You have to go by your preferred pronoun now in the Biden White House and in the HHS part of the White House. I mean, this is just stupid. Okay. Again, we got real problems. We got real problems, everyone. Let's not get distracted by this nonsense, but remember the people that are trying to distract you. Remember where they stand. They stand with the terrorists. These are the same, same kind of types. I predict a division in the, in the left over this entire issue. In the Democrat Party, it's high time, by the way, and you're going to find Democrats that are more realists And no, nobody wants war, believe me. Nobody, nobody. Let me be extremely clear on that. But if you're Israel... And you got attacked as they did in the worst attack since the Holocaust, what do you do? You do exactly what they're going to do. And they have to do. And people like this... The students at Harvard University and at Columbia and at UPenn and every other place deserve to be called out. Already, numerous CEOs on Wall Street have come forward saying they will not hire those students. They are demanding a list of the actual signatures so that they can ensure that they're not working in their organizations, to which I say good for them. You know, all this cancel culture, which has worked one way and one way only. I don't believe in it, and I think that young people do stupid things. Clearly, these people are all stupid, stupid, stupid people, stupid kids. But, you know, whether or not they should forever be banned, (sighs) this is something. You're willing to stand with terror? You got some problems. All right. Going back out to something. Don Bacca, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are such a loyal viewer of this show, and you always give good advice, especially when it comes to me not knowing how to use some of these nifty little things that they have on YouTube and on Facebook. We are live, by the way, everyone, right now on YouTube and on Facebook. Make sure you hit the subscribe. Make sure, as Don will tell you to do, to hit the likes and, like, smash those likes so that we can help get the word out. This is all organic. Like, I've just been here every day with you live and we've all been talking and I've gotten the chance to to know so many of you Leslie thank you Antoinette good to have her back again here today Donna, as I said thank you look you know it, it is really 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 good to see so many people coming back together we've kind of got our, our little crowd here and I, I appreciate that I I so appreciate you guys and Send me stuff. Send me stories. You know, when you go into the comments below and if you're watching this after the live, send me ideas because I am on the hunt at all time for news. Leslie's been very good over on my locals page of making sure that we see everything. But listen, we are in a bad spot. We've got an open border. We've got hundreds of people that are on the known terror list that just came in in the last two weeks. All right. And you have got Let me play it one more time. You have got the head of the FBI telling us to be vigilant and to be on the lookout for Hamas-style attacks right here at home in the United States of America.
4: In this heightened environment, there's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially for lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. So I'd encourage you To stay vigilant, because as the first line of defense protecting our communities, you're often the first to see the signs that someone may be mobilizing to violence. I'd also ask you to continue sharing any intelligence or observations you may have. And on our end, we're committed to doing the same so that together we can safeguard our communities.
0: Wow. I mean, to think that that's where we are right now even though they, they told us that somehow the Trump supporters were the biggest problem, right? And the Trump supporters kept saying, no, 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 that, that's not the case. The biggest threat to this country is not the parents that go to the school board meetings to ask why on earth some of the books being showcased are so frankly, I mean, I don't even like to say this word. I haven't shown you the pictures because they're so pornographic. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, in the heterosexual community, you would never put this stuff out there. But this is, this is gay pornography in in many of the pictures with a cartoon style in some of these books. And, and this is what they want to put on display on school shelves. And parents are like, Hello? No. And they're like, oh, you you shouldn't have this much say in your child's education. And these are potential domestic terror issues because, you know, parents want it. I'm sorry. It's all wrong. These people that are trying to divide us need to stop. We know right from wrong. I guarantee you we all know right from wrong. Terrorists are wrong. Israel is right. Parents are right. People trying to indoctrinate kids into a woke way of thinking. They are wrong. Period. End of story. And don't ever let anyone ever tell you otherwise. Thank you for watching. I'm back with you tomorrow. Good to see you all.